Hey fellow nerds, it's Justin from The Credulous Nerds, and I'm back again for our daily podcast. Today is April 2nd, 2018. Hopefully you made it through April Fool's Day all right with getting, without getting pranked too hard. I know there was a lot of fake news out there, especially with all the nerd websites and entertainment websites trying to pull one over on us. Um, I think I saw quite a few uh, Star Wars fake announcements, uh, a couple Marvel ones, and there was even a DC one where the new Joker standalone movie that's in development was going to be a prequel of the Dark Knight trilogy. And But alas, it's all not true. But this is not fake news. Uh, we're going to be talking about The Fellowship of the Ring, and it's the novel, not the movie. We will be doing a podcast specifically about the film, the extended version of the film. Uh, Mark and I and our special guest for the Middle Earth Saga, Kimball, we did the first three movies in the Middle Earth Saga, which were the three Hobbit movies. And taking a little break. So those episodes are available on iTunes or SoundCloud or Spreaker or Patreon. I encourage you to check out Patreon. That's where all of our podcasts are being hosted. Uh, we're trying to get the best podcast host uh, service set up. So I've changed it a couple times, but I'll keep you updated as we go along. But uh, everything will always be found on Patreon.com. So check it out there. And so like I said, this will be the Fellowship of the Ring novel. I just got done reading that novel in, in anticipation of doing the Fellowship of the Ring uh, film review. We watched the extended editions because even though they may be a little bit longer, three hours or more, they're the most detailed, the most entertaining, they can contain the most character development of the two versions, the extended version and then just the version that was released in theaters. So in anticipation of that, I read the novel and I hadn't read it since, you know, the early 2000s when the Lord of the Rings movies were coming out in theaters. I had read them when I was a teenager a couple times and then didn't pick it back up until these movies, the movies came out in theaters and I read through them once and then now I'm back to reading them again. And it's pretty much the same as I remember. There are a couple parts that I'd forgotten about. Um... But I just wanted to talk a little bit about the novel and how it... Obviously, there's some similarities and differences as with all books and movies. I think the Lord of the Ring films are probably the most true to the novels in you know in that regard. A lot of films are based on books, but they don't necessarily follow it. The most recent obvious one being The Dark Tower... While the Dark Tower contained a lot of the story elements, the overall story was completely restructured and different. So that's not the case with the Lord of the Rings films and, and novels. And with this one, I had forgotten, I think the biggest difference that I had forgotten about was the how much time passes as the novel goes along. And it starts out, you know, with planning Bilbo's 111th birthday party. And they're 
getting that ready to go. And then they have it and Bilbo uh, puts on the ring and vanishes. And then he gets his stuff and, and heads out for, yeah, I guess he, initially he goes to the Lonely Mountain and then makes his way back to um, Elrond's place in R- Rivendell. And then after that, in the film, it's like almost like the next day that Frodo and Sam head out and, you know, they go on their journey. And then a book, if I remember correctly, it's like 15 years, 17 years, I think, that amount of time passes before they eventually leave the Shire. So there's instances like that throughout the book where um, they always tend to go on their part of their journey They'll leave, like, for example, the Shire, and then they go through the old forest and meet up with Tom Bombadil, and then they have a rest. They kind of relax, and they're safe for a minute. And then from there, they go out on their journey again, and they go to Rivendell, and then they stay there, and they're safe, and they kind of recuperate. And then they go on, uh, they leave there and go on another part of their journey. They go through the Misty Mountains, and they have that whole adventure in the mines of Moria and then they make it to Lothlorien and they rest there for a time then they leave again so there's always these waypoints that they stop at and in the film it's always hurry hurry go go you know they're not stopping and resting for very long which I think works well for the film because you don't want to you know spend 20 minutes while they're hanging out in Rivendell just talking to everybody right and relaxing and resting and that sort of thing so it works well for the film, but in the book I'd forgotten, you know, they go to Rivendell, they finally make it to Rivendell and they spend a couple of weeks, if not more than a month there, just, you know, recuperating. Frodo has his injury from the Mordor blade and he takes a lot longer to recover. So, and then they go to Lothlorien eventually, same thing. They're there for like two months, I think is what it is. And... They've just been hanging out, you know, with the elves, talking to them. And after, then finally after two months, they're able to to move on. So you got all this time passing. And I think the reason why Tolkien did that is because when the Black Riders are uh, overtaken by the, the, the river, the outside of Elrond's, you know, Rivendell's place, Oh, and Gandalf sends the the white horses in the wave of water to overthrow the 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 Nazgul, the Black Riders. I think they take a long time to recover. It's not just in, instantaneous. They got to go back and recover from that butt whipping that Gandalf gave them. So, I think that's part of the reason. And it's just you know novels and films and stories in general from you know the early 1900s through probably 1990, 80 maybe, 1980, uh, they're a lot slower. Like if you watch films from the 60s and 70s and compare them to the 90s and 2000s nowadays, the action, the pace of the movies are a lot quicker. And for better or worse, that's, you know, that's just how they are. That's how it is with this book, this story. You know, just, it takes its time. It's there's action parts where it's pretty intense and you're reading through the pages really quick and then they, there's parts where you're just kind of going through it and kind of wanting things to pick up a little bit. And 
I think the the most noticeable part of this story for that was uh, the whole first section of the Fellowship of the Ring. It takes them, I don't know, three, four, five chapters just to get out of the Shire. And not much happens. Um, I think the scariest part or the most intense part is, you know, the Black Riders come into the Shire and start asking questions about Frodo Baggins. And there's that uh, confrontation, or not necessarily a confrontation, but that scene on the road where there's the Black Rider and the Hobbits hide on the side of the hill. And, you know, it's pretty intense there. And then they get chased a little bit, a little bit later. And, you know, that's the extent of it. Um, otherwise, it's just them walking and thinking and talking. And, you know, it's not bad. It's, you know, it's just slow. And, but I think what makes up for it is Tolkien's way of storytelling. The way he writes is just so poetic and so engaging and interesting. You know, not only with the the narrative that he tells, the dialogue that he writes, but then there's the songs, right? We got the elven, elfish songs. We got the Hobbit songs, and just you know, there's always some sort of song element to the story. You know, every once in a while they'll stop and rest, and there's there's singing going on, and that's such a big part of his stories in the Middle Earth series. If you've read the Silmarillion, then you know that basically Middle Earth or the Earth was created by song. The elves were created by song. You know, it's, it's such a potent uh, power or a way to create, to uh, just bring more development or to bring more... Song is just an important part of his story, his world building, his character development, and the way they, they tell the stories. Um, so a very interesting uh, dynamic. You don't really see that much in, in stories anymore, where music and song is such a, a vital part of the story. And so as we go along, you get a lot more detail as they spend time in these places, as they spend time in Rivendell as they spend time in the mines of Moria and Lothlorien, you get a lot more detail than what you see in the films, which, you know, is typically the case for books, for novels, is, you know, you, you get into the heads of the characters more, you get more description instead of just a, a pan through the, you know, the house or whatever it is on the camera, you get a paragraph or so of, you know, what the environment looks like, maybe even more. So, you're able to get more into the story. You got more um, cues that you can pick up on to uh, have a better experience as you're reading the books. So, and that was definitely the case with um, Lothlorien for me, as well as Moria. It just seemed more vibrant, and it was pretty vibrant in the on screen in the films. The Mines of Moria is probably one of the most intense scenes ever in film. When the, the orcs attack and they bring the cave troll and you got the Balrog, that's pretty intense. And but the way the story is told, you know, it's the way it full unfolds over these pages, this chapter that you're reading, it's a different experience. And I think reading the book and 
watching the film and just kind of having them both in your mind as you do one or the other. It's a more enriching experience overall. And so I I spent a little bit longer reading uh, this book than I thought I would just because of the the opening, you know, there's part one and part two and that opening part, it just seemed to drag. It wasn't, like I said, it wasn't boring. It was just slow and it took a while to get going for the story to get going. And then it finally, they finally leave the Shire and then they go to the old forest with Tom Bombadil. And I've never been a big fan of Tom Bombadil. It, that whole part, that whole sequence doesn't make any sense to me as to why it's in the story other than it's a chance for them to rest or, you know, kind of be safe from the danger for a bit. Um, I would totally forgotten that Tom Bombadil had, I don't know if it's his girlfriend or his wife or whatever, but that there was another person there and she was a big part of the, the scene there. And I'd totally forgotten about it. So reading that part was like, oh, okay. That's, yeah, I forgot about that. <laughs> so... Yeah, just parts like that. They go to Weathertop, and that was a little different from what I remembered, but it was good. You know, you see the parts where, or you read about the part where they see flashes of light off in the distance, and you come to find out later that's Gandalf, and he's, you know, fighting. I don't know if, I can't remember if he's fighting orcs or or the nine, the, the dark the dark riders, the black riders, but you see, you hear about that, and then they finally make their way to to Rivendell, and they have the council of of Elrond there, and that part was good. You get there's a lot more uh, conversations between Bilbo and Frodo. They catch up. Uh, they kind of. Uh, Reforged their bond. They had missed each other. So you get to see them again and interact with each other. So that was good. And then just the from there, it's, you know, that's when the story picks up is when they leave Rivendell and they start having these adventures as they try to escape or as they, they go up the mountain and are turned back and then they go through the mines and they have the experience with the watcher in the water and you know just all that it starts to pick up it's a lot more interesting Gandalf falls and they escape the mines and end up in Lothlorien and stuff so just a lot more interesting and it it ends a lot more sudden than I remembered but it was good that they didn't drag it out that much that just kind of ends and so looking forward to reading the two towers and kind of catching up I know there's, they spend more time in the Fanghorn Forest, if I remember correctly, with the Ents, uh, Merry and Pippin do, and that's shown in the in the film. But you know, I think in the book, if I remember correctly, they spend a lot more time there than than you would think. So I'm um, looking forward to reading the next one, and then obviously Return of the King to finish it out. I'll be reading some other stories as well with the Cimmerillion, and then there's the untold stories and then the children of Huron. So I'll be reading those and probably doing an episode uh, on those books once I I get down with them. So uh, feel free to sound off on your experience reading The Fellowship of the Ring and um, 
what you thought of it. If you thought it was a good novel, bad novel, outdated novel, you know, whatever the case may be. I think it holds a place in our literary history and should be considered a classic. Uh, just with Tolkien's style alone, it's pretty, pretty um, impressive. You don't see that type of writing much anymore, if at all. And he does a great job of weaving a story as well as a, um, a culture, creating a culture with deep history. So very impressive, a must read at least once for everybody, I think. So uh, definitely check us out on patreon.com as well as on our Facebook page. And on, we're on Twitter and Instagram as well, but uh, feel free to join our conversation online. And let us know what you think of the Fellowship of the Ring. Thanks, everyone, for listening, and I'll catch you next time. <laughs>